Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Luria Petrucci, and we're going to explore the hot new topic of live video. How can you create live video like a pro regardless of your personality? Unless you've been living under a rock, you know live video is hot. Everybody seems to be doing it. And if you want in on it, you need to pay attention to today's show. It is chock full of tips and insights. You're going to get a lot from it. So look forward to it. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram at Stelzner or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Now let's transition over to this week's interview with Luria Petrucci. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Luria Petrucci. If you don't know who Luria is, you've got to know who she is. She's a live video strategist and the co-founder of Live Streaming Pros. Her company helps creators and entrepreneurs create professional live video that's unique to you and your personality. Her course is called Create Your Dream Video Studio. Welcome back, Luria. I'm so excited. I love hanging out with you. (laughs) 
Well, it's great to have you. Today, Larry and I are going to explore how to make the most of live video. And, uh, you know, we're recording this in the midst of the global pandemic, and there's been a lot of interest in live video. And <laughs> I've seen it, you've seen it, but some people that maybe aren't aware, why is live video all of a sudden so important right now? And then why should we also maybe be paying more attention to it? Well, live video is everybody's being forced to, you know, start doing video, pay attention to live video. It is the most powerful form of content you can create. And everybody has their favorite, you know, podcasting or YouTube videos or whatever. And I love all of the forms of content. However, with live, you can really connect with people on a much, much deeper level and you can create loyalty and trust much faster. And especially right now in the times that we're in, you know, people need connection, not perfection. And we're really harping on that message because it is so very important that as you make any transitions or as you are looking into live, I want you to take positive action. I want you to get going quickly. And I want you to think about connecting with others instead of having everything perfect right off the bat, because, hey, life is life and perfection isn't that a thing, right? <laughs> but you know, that's why you should really be paying attention. But the opportunity that exists right now for you to grow an audience, for you to transition and bring your current audience online and the opportunity for the future is just so, so powerful right now. And, and when we think about the future, like it is not just about surviving the here and now. It is about thriving here and now, but also in the future. When all of life gets back to quote unquote normal, the future could hold some really big things for you if you start taking action now with live video. Think about you know, let's say a, a yoga studio, right? A yoga studio has maybe thought about doing live in the past, or you may have some physical realm to your business and you've never really done the work to get it online. If you do it now, when things get back to normal, you still have the physical presence, right? The in-person location, but then you also have set yourself up for an entirely new revenue model. And that is really exciting to me <laughs> just to see the, what people are going to be doing with growing their business, not just now, but in the, the near future. So yeah, it is the quickest way to learn about your audience, to connect with them. They will talk to you through live in a different way than they will through email or through recorded video. And, you know, I have some thoughts on this too. Let me just kind of wax poetic here for a little bit. I think so many people that are used to working in an office, which I was used to working in prior to this whole thing going down, mm -hmm. are used to walking down the hall and talking face to face with their staff, employees. And that's a big chunk of the world. And now we are watching, for example, news and they're broadcasting in low light, horrible audio situation from their home. And these are the newscasters. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching like American Idol and all these other shows and they are doing their, you know, uh, if they're going to make it to the next round from their house. Okay. So now what used to be the standard which was this, you know, it's got to look like television is now becoming a standard that other people can look at. Like I watch CNBC and these guys are just all, you know, randomly in their houses talking about the financial marketplaces. So I guess where I'm going with this is, first of all, 
everyone is now getting used to going on camera, even if it's just Skype or Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. And they're getting comfortable talking to a person or a small group of individuals over video. That's the first thing. The second thing is the standards have been lowered now and we're seeing the television producers doing everyday kind of broadcasting with their phones from their homes. And I see that as a sea shift in an opportunity really for anybody to do this now. Yeah. And like, we can't get together like we used to, right? So this is the time for us to figure out how to use live video, even if it's just in a small setting with just our staff, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you think of as live video really is just you going on live on camera and whether it's to a group of customers or whether it's to a group of employees or whether it's to the world, it is still technically similar, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there are some nuances based on what you're trying to accomplish for sure. But what's interesting to me about this, you know, all of these massive uh, TV studios and, you know, having the, the raw from the phone video is they think too big. And, you know, what we're designed to do, my company, is drill all of that down of what is in a TV studio and bring that down into a super easy production in your house. And so that's what we've done for years, right? And so it's hilarious to me that there are these huge companies (laughs) who can't figure out how to make it look good from the house because it's really not that hard. And so I, it's, it's very simple, but they don't think that way. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see because yeah, everybody's right now taking that action, which is amazing to me. I'm I'm, I'm just so glad that they are just doing it and focusing on connection, not perfection, but soon people will also under start to understand, oh, we can increase this or we can do this and we can actually look like we did in studio. (laughs) So it'll be an interesting transition. Have you seen demand and interest in this kind of blow up ever since the pandemic? Because we've seen spikes in the articles and videos and stuff that we have on live video. I would imagine you've seen something similar, right? Absolutely. Crazy demand right now. Everybody is just trying to figure it out, just trying to understand what they need to do. And so we've gone just above and beyond what we normally do in terms of just trying to be there for people and help people. So we started going live. Usually we go live two times a week. We are now live five days a week doing extra training, bringing guests on, doing Q&As. We increased our you know, student Q&As and, and just like whatever we can do to really show up for people in a much bigger way and just meet that demand. And it's really interesting because the kinds of questions that are coming now are completely different than they were before because there's a whole new level of not understanding what all of this stuff is. There's huge demand too. Like necessity necessity is the mother of invention, right? So this technology mm-hmm. has been around, like live video has been mainstreamed for like four or five years at least, right? And it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster. Maybe five, six months ago, it wasn't as hot as it's been in the early days. And now all of a sudden it's back because mm-hmm. people are beginning to realize the power of it. And in fact, all of the equipment, the gear, um, there are many pieces of gear that you cannot even purchase anymore because of the demand. So it's pretty amazing to see. But don't let that stop you because no. as we're going to talk about <laughs> a little bit later, you know, the tech is not the barrier here. Right. So 
everybody should pay attention to live because it's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're in a situation where we want to try to connect with people and it's not easy to connect with people physically, there will be opportunity. And I want everyone to pay attention to what we talk about today. So a lot of people right now are like, okay, Luria, you sold me on the value of going live, but I have no idea what I should talk about. So what I'd love you to share is what are some things that people could talk about when they go live? Just give people some inspiration of the kinds of things that they might share when they're live. For sure. So I look at content for live video as two primary different categories. First of all, value-driven information, right? So like you go live with the intention of delivering value, helping somebody learn something or do something. And then the second category would be community-driven content, where it's more about that connection. And live video, you can do both at the same time, but it's really valuable to actually split those two things up into separate types of streams. And so let me give you kind of uh, some examples. A value-driven stream would be when we go live and I basically have keyword researched my video, right? Like I know what I'm talking about. I have bullet points. I know exactly what value that audience is going to get from me. And then I deliver on that big time. It's like a little presentation almost, right? Is that exactly. What I'm, okay. Totally. Right. So I might have slides. I might have a demo uh, of some kind. I might uh, just be informing people based on the questions I know that they're going to ask. And so it can look a million different ways. But what is the value that you're trying to deliver? And value, by the way, can come in many different forms from helping people, right? From inspiration. It could be entertainment, like stories, right? Yeah, exactly. Stories. Music. Music. Performances. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many different forms of value. So value does not mean here, I'm going to teach you something. It can but it can come in many different forms and people, you need to determine what is your audience going to find valuable from me. And so when you're thinking about a value driven live stream, um, it's really the same as you would do for a YouTube video or anything like that, but maybe you haven't even thought about that yet, right? So um, let's break it down. I want you to think about one quick win that your audience could achieve. And maybe we're kind of focused here on like more of the educational kind of side of things, sure. but it's a good example. So you can kind of see this in, in action. You want to give us an example of one you've done in the recent past? Yeah. Like what is the difference between Zoom and a live streaming software and a com like conference call software versus live streaming software, right? This is, this is one of those things that we were talking about. People don't know hmm. kind of coming online. And so I basically had a slide deck and I, I said, all right, this is this and this is that. And this is how and why you would use this particular one. But my quick win for them is to be able to say, Okay, now I know if I want to accomplish XYZ, I'm going to use this software. If I want to accomplish that other thing, I'm going to use that software, right? So they have this now understanding. Do they know how to use the software yet? No, because I asked myself three things before I did that video. One, what do they want to know? I knew that that was something that they absolutely wanted to know because I was getting questions about it left and right. 
Then I ask myself, what do they need to know that they don't know to ask? Mm. And then I ask, what do they not need to know? Let's remove information because we know a lot more about our subject than our audience does in most cases. So I remove information so that I'm really zoning them in on the target quick win, right? So like, we just don't want to overwhelm them. Luria? Yes? Quick question. I know some people in our audience are like, well, if I'm going to deliver that, why don't I just pre-record it? What's the value? Go ahead and talk to that objection because I'm sure people are thinking that right now. Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. So there are two, two things. One, people will show up for a live stream. And so if you're delivering this value, like if they want that information, they're going to show up because then they know that they can ask questions. They can Mm -hmm. talk to you. They can hear it in a different way. It's engaging. Live is the most engaging form of content that you can create. And so you could look at it a couple of different ways. One, you could have a show flow. Like I have a couple of different show flows that I use, meaning the structure of the stream itself. So if I'm going to deliver, you know, that piece of information, then I can either deliver it in a way that I have bullet point one, and then I engage, and then I go on to bullet point two, and I engage, and then bullet point three, and I engage. And during those engagement breaks, I can answer questions about that thing that we just finished talking about, or I can leave Q&A at the end, depending on if I want to repurpose that content in the future. And we, I can just deliver the information and then do Q&A at the end. And either or, people love that because they can talk to you. They can get their questions answered. In a YouTube video, yeah, they can ask a question, but most people watching YouTube videos know they're never going to get an answer. <laughs> Right. So it's just more engaging and it's more attractive to show up and be able to talk to you. Perfect. Anything else you wanted to say about value content before I ask you about examples of community content? Nope. Let's move on. Keep going. All right. So the community example would be so we do Friday, every Friday, we do a live QA show. And literally, the value is that they get their questions answered, right? So like, we don't do anything but just talk to them. And the, the format of that is definitely just Q&A, but we also have a lot of fun. We engage with people. We dance. We play music. We you know go down rabbit holes. We It's much more relaxed. I'm not trying to deliver value, engage, deliver value, engage. And it's just all engagement really is a, at the end of the day, that type of community-driven stream is just all about engagement, all about connection. And so, like I said, you can do that in that value-driven example, number one. But in this example, it's just so much more engaging. I feel like I've said that. (laughs) No, I mean, what I love about what you're saying is, you know, everybody listening to this call cares about engagement. This is a way for you to like show up and call people out and ask them questions and not be so structured, right? Because these other ones, Mm -hmm. you might not be able to look at the comments until a certain point, right? Where with this one, you're pretty much letting the comments kind of drive the direction 
Am I totally. hearing you right? Yeah. 100%. And using, you know, using the right tech, you can actually put their comments up on screen and they're like, oh, my name's up on screen. I feel famous. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so it's it's really just engaging. You can ask them questions. Um, one thing I love to do in all of my streams, just as a total side note, is ask if anybody's new. And then I give people who are new a special shout out. You know, mm. I say, thank you so much for being here. And that really starts to drive home the beginning of what is going to be a very loyal relationship between myself and the viewer. Awesome. No, one real quick thing. Yeah. I don't want anybody to go out and do Q&As without knowing that you have an audience that will ask questions. <laughs> and show up to your live streams, that's really uncomfortable. So don't do that until you know that you have people to show up and ask questions. Yeah. Maybe you do a hybrid model. Maybe you start out with a little value and then you just kind of try out the community stuff at the end of a video. Mm -hmm. And if it turns out you get a lot of that, you can ask people, do you want to do something just like this? Exactly. And then maybe invite them to it or something. So, and you can also predetermine some questions, right? So you think like, what do people usually ask me? And you can do a Q and a that way. It's just all pre-done and pre-planned. A lot of people are not sure when they go live, what they should share about themselves and so on and so forth. And they're probably very interested in creating those connections like you talked about, but they're not sure like, you know, like talk to me a little bit about like, how much should we share about our life? How much should we share about things that will maybe engender people to us a little stronger? Yeah. And this is one of my favorite things to do is is to help people really integrate their personality into their content. And so I want you to remember what I said at the beginning, people want connection, not perfection, right? And so I was speaking at, you know, Chris Ducker. Yeah. So I was speaking at Upreneur a couple of years ago, or yeah, a couple of years ago, and I spoke about integrating your personality. And afterwards, somebody came up to me in the hallways and she was like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I don't understand why they would want to hear from me, you know, on XYZ when they're there to show up to listen to this particular value add, right? And so, and then another person came up to me and she was like, okay, so how exactly do I do this? Because I'm all these different types of people, but my audience knows me as a business person, yet I'm a business person. I'm a mother. I'm a runner. I quilt, right? Like I do all of these different things and people don't want to hear that, right? They, people don't care about that stuff, right? <laughs> it's like wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or do they? Right. <laughs> wrong. Um, Mike, who's your favorite celebrity? Oh my gosh. I don't really idolize too many celebrities. <laughs> okay, who's, who's your daughter's favorite celebrity? <laughs> One of my daughters loves Harry Styles. Okay. Musician. Okay. Harry Styles. So Harry Styles is a musician. He sings for a living and right. that's why people find him, right? That's the value that you get from Harry Styles is that you get awesome music from him if you like that music, right? right. But why do we care who he's dating? Why are there tabloids? Why are there, you know, conversations around what he ate? for dinner and who he was hanging out with, right? Right. (laughs) You are a celebrity, a micro celebrity, if you will, when you're creating content online. That is not to make you feel vain or, or in a weird position, but you are creating content and people 
are looking to you for some kind of value. As they get to know you, they want to know you. (laughs) They want to know all of you. And they want to understand who you are as a person. Because especially like businesses are talking to businesses or businesses are talking to consumers. But at the end of the day, we are all human beings. And people want to understand and feel connected to other human beings. So when you integrate all of you, it builds trust, it builds massive loyalty, and oh my God, so much engagement. And I'll give you a couple of examples of what that looks like. But in terms of how you determine what it is that you put into your content, I would love for you to walk through an exercise. So first of all, just write down, like grab a piece of paper, and I want you to think about all of the aspects of your life. By the way, we know you're not driving, so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thank you (laughs) for that. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not get in any wrecks. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think anybody, like everybody used to listen to this while they're on the road. So you can actually get that paper, but keep going. What was the question again? (laughs) Okay. So I want you to first write down what are all of the aspects of your life? So for me, I uh, do video, right? I am a business owner. I have a chihuahua. Um, I love to hike. I love to paddleboard. I love to go to the gym. I'm, like, I'm, I'm an active person. Um, and I love to read. And I do adult coloring books, right? So that's what my list would look like. Those are all the aspects of what I do in my life. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to write down your hobbies and passions. And some of that can be a crossover, but just continue to write this stuff down. And and by the way, as you're going through this, you're like, I know all this stuff about me, but have you seen it in paper on paper? We live with ourselves day in and day out. And we don't necessarily think about this stuff that makes us unique. Hmm. So then write down your pet peeves. Um, then write down your best traits, your worst traits, and then I want you to take one of those things and now you have a list that you can use for a year to come, okay? (laughs) And I want you to take one of those things and weave it into your next stream. And what that might look like is, let's say you love to run. That's certainly not one that's on my list. (laughs) Do not run. I'm a hiker, so. (laughs) Yeah, okay, we'll go with hiking, right? Okay. Okay, yeah. So we both love to hike. And so that's one of your things on your list. Then when you think about how to integrate that into your content, think about what story can you tell that supports the value that you are there to deliver on. Mm. And this is, you know, going into that first example that we gave earlier, right? The value-driven stream. Let's say the value that you're there to give is three ways to train a dog. I'm just going to go super simple here. Okay. So then your story is that you are out walking, right? You're going to open up the stream and be like, I'm going to teach you three ways to train your dog to do X, Y, Z. You know, I was out the other day and you kind of work your way into the story, but I was out the other day. I was, I was hiking. It was a beautiful day. I was really out of breath because I was like super steep incline. And you tell the story around your feelings, your thoughts, what you were experiencing. And then you say, and I saw this person with their dog and they were yanking on this dog. It was terrible. I couldn't believe the way they were treating this dog. That is not how you train your dog. Here's how you do it instead. Mm, I see. So you're bringing some of your own life experiences into 
the story that you tell when you're live. And even if you didn't see something, you could say you were listening to someone else talk about something, right? Or you could say you were just pondering some thoughts while you were out on the trails and uh, you came to the plateau and you could see something far off in the distance. And it reminded you that we often don't let our dogs any more than five feet from us. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you could get (laughs) creative, right? So many different. Yes. Like your life, is your content. I like that a lot. I've never thought about that. Yeah. If you can embrace that, that's the hardest thing for people to embrace. But when you do and you start to look at your daily life and you start to think, what would people find interesting about this? And you start to have to, you have to take yourself out of your own head in order to do this well. But once you get practice at it, it will produce results. And then if we think about that more, you know, community driven example, that number two, this is another way to integrate your personality into the content. So I'm going to kind of take it out of me. I hired a new employee just yesterday. So uh, she's our community experience manager. We're calling her the community care hero, trying to come up with a fun name there. (laughs) And so Callie is brand new on the team. And today I announced on my live stream that uh, she was hired and that what she would be doing and that she would be taking care of our community. And, and I wanted to get them all introduced to her. Right. And so instead of really, she, they don't know her at this point, she's a brand new person in our world. And that always can be kind of like, Oh, how are they going to (laughs) react? And so what I did instead of giving them her list of resume, what I did was I said, you know, I talked about how she doesn't like black olives and my audience knows I love black olives. My audience knows everything about me, for goodness sakes. I'm Um, with Callie, just for the record. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. No. (laughs) And then I talked about the fact that because my audience knows I like garlic, that she also likes garlic and she's Italian, just like me. And we were geeking out about how awesome garlic is, right? And then we talked about pickles. We talked about like little just trays that I had discovered about her earlier in the day. And they were all engaged with it. They were like, oh, no pickles. Yes, olives. No garlic. Right? Everybody's chiming in on this thing. Has absolutely nothing to do with the job she's here to do. But it is going to cause them to love her automatically. Right? Why is this powerful? I mean, what's going on here? Why does this work? Because we're human. <laughs> And food is always a winner uh, in terms of engagement uh, technique. But it's that people rally, like when we think about food specifically, but people rally around food. That's how we connect mm. with each other in person. And so when you think about how do you connect with people in person, you all you have to do is translate that to your online presence. Okay, I'm just going to say I love sourdough bread. Oh my gosh, Mike. So I used to actually bake sourdough bread. I had a starter and everything. It was amazing. I love sourdough. It's my favorite. See, now some people are like, yeah, I knew he was a sourdough guy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I do like sourdough, but it is it's it's fascinating how sharing these little personal tidbits about you or someone else really does kind of help people draw connections, right? Like, oh, you're into that. I'm into that too. Wow. You know, 
it's an immediate connection or a disconnect, but still they know something about you and right. it doesn't, it doesn't make them not like you. Right. Cool. It's just like, mm, kind of team, team pickles, team olives, right. <laughs> like whatever. You yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Team sourdough. So, okay. Awesome. So I think this is really great because people can go and they can try this and they can begin to see how this works. And even if podcasters are listening, heck you could do this too. Right. Oh, I mean, hopefully. any kind of medium where you can share a little bit more and it's longer form medium like live and podcasting, you should try this. What about how do I look good on camera and how do I show off different sides of me? I mean, let's talk a little bit more about that. Like, you know, because I know you're a huge proponent that the way you present yourself and stuff is kind of important. So take us where you want to go on that front as well. Sure. I, I don't think what we're, what you're asking is like physically, right? No, not necessarily, but I'm thinking right. like light and I'm thinking like framing and I'm thinking like, and maybe, maybe a little bit of physically. I don't know. I mean, okay. like, talk Let's to me talk wherever about, you want to go. Yeah. Let's talk about all of it. So from a physical perspective, again, you are you and like, so David, who's my co-host and business partner, he has tattoos all over him. Right. And he wears white glasses and from a physical perspective, He's all personality. <laughs> right. And he usually and he, wears Marvel shirts, right? He usually wears Marvel shirts. He's got Captain America tattoos. He loves his geekiness, right? right. And so that pe people immediately, instead of hiding that behind a long sleeve t-shirt or trying to tone it down, which a lot of people do on video, they feel like they need to be professional. No, like kill that right now. Gary Vaynerchuk wears kind of beat up t-shirts all oh, the time, totally. right? Yeah. Like he doesn't look like he has a dime to his name right? yeah. in terms of yeah. his wardrobe. Right, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, like we want your personality to come through. So if you have tattoos, share them. If you love geeky t-shirts, don't put on a dress shirt or a button down shirt if that's not what you wear in normal everyday life. The uncomfortableness that you will experience and will show up on camera if you're trying to change what you look like will be visible to your audience. They see right through it. And it might be a deterrent for you trying because you might feel like you have to be perfectly, mm -hmm. you know, makeup and hair up for the women and for the guys, yeah. you know, you need to be in the right clothes, but you don't. And that's the whole point, right? Like you don't need to look yeah. like the people on television. No, absolutely not. You need to look like you. Right. <laughs> and I want to connect with you. And then from the the other visuals in your video, I love, love, love to see personality in the background. So the set itself, like what is being seen in your background can go a huge way to creating an environment that people automatically connect with you without you ever saying a word. So Again, going back to David, right? So he has the Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff in his background. He just has a whole bunch of props that speak to his personality. I have books, which speaks to my personality in my background. Yeah. Uh, we have students who, uh, My Bourbon Journey is one of my favorite examples. Um, his, that's his YouTube channel, My Bourbon Journey. And his set is all bourbon, shelves and shelves of bourbon. Right? Kind of like a bar setting almost. Exactly. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it immediately sets the tone of the video. Now, but if you're an outdoors person and yeah. your set can be nature, right? Totally. Yeah. It could be the plants in your backyard. It doesn't have to be something 
And frankly, it could even be changing, right? Because the whole point of it is yeah. that you can go live mobile or in your office. So it doesn't have right. to be exactly the same every time, right? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. So it's easy for most people if you're not trying to be mobile, right? If you are trying to do it from your home or office, when we get back to office, um, if you're trying to do it from that kind of situation, then it's really better for most people to set up one setup and that they can flip a switch and they're going so that they have no excuses mm -hmm. not to do the work or not to shoot that video or not to go live. But if you are kind of more mobile and you aren't trying to do that, then absolutely just pick up the phone and go live wherever you are or wherever you want to be that day. What about lights? If we are inside of a, let's say a home office or whatever, talk to us about light because obviously that's a big deal kind of, right? Yeah. The more control you have over your light, the better. A lot of people try and use natural light. And again, my whole thing is to, to try and get you set up so that you flip that one switch and everything's ready to go. No excuses whatsoever. So the more you control the light instead of using natural light, the better off you'll be long term. You could do it at night or you could do it like yeah. during a storm and it would still look fine, right? Exactly. So you don't want to deal with that changing lights. And honestly, you can really set up with no room. You don't need a whole lot of space. You can get a ring light, a good camera, and the, like set up some things in the background. You don't need a ton of space between you and that. And then you're good to go. You know, you've got the light, the microphone, the camera, and, you know, a few other things. But like, you're just, it's a super simple setup. Okay. Since you said ring light, it just kind of triggered something in my mind. I noticed that on American Idol, they have these lights that are kind of a ring that looks like it's about two and a half, maybe two feet in diameter, like an LED kind of ring. And then the phone is in the middle of it. Yeah. What's the tech? Do you know the tech that people should consider if they want to get a ring light and what the advantage to a ring light is exactly? Yeah. The ring light is just it covers more. It gives you more coverage. And if it's placed right in front of your face, it's just, it's meant to kind of fill the lighting around your face. Like the bottoms of your eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. It just gives you a lot more coverage. And so a version is newer. Um, and I'll, I'll put the, all these links uh, in everything we talk about. I have like a free PDF and all kinds of stuff for you guys. So we'll put any link, links then in uh, livestreampros.com slash SME. But um, so yeah, the ring light just like sits there, the phone or the camera shoots right through the middle of it because it's open, it's a ring. And then the one thing you need to be aware of is if you wear glasses, you don't want to position it right in front of you because that will cause a lot of reflection. So just lift it up and point it down at you, it'll still have the same effect without the glare. Just say the name of that brand one more time. I don't know how you say it. I think it's Neewer. It's N-E-E-W-E-R. Okay, cool. What does something <laughs> like that cost, just out of curiosity? That one is like, I think that one is, well, last time I checked, because everything is being price gouged at the moment and, and unavailable, but I was like 50, 70 bucks. They go on top of a tripod. Is that generally how it works? Yeah, Okay. totally. Yeah. Your Our favorite? favorite one is the Prismatic Spectra. And that one, you can actually change colors <laughs> from your phone. So you can really adjust it. It has pure white as opposed to the newer, which doesn't go quite pure white. And then you could do changing lights in a, what am I thinking? Strobe kind of situation, oh, that's cool. right? That's cool. So when you're live, if you want to create a kind of a mood out of it, you could create a uh -huh. cool mood. 
What about any other kind of special ba- props or any other stuff we should be doing on set in the background? Um, other yeah. Than- Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get excited about this. No, stuff. yeah. Talk to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I would like you to actually like go around your house and find some things that mean something to you. Hmm. So whether you put those on shelves or floating shelves or whatever it is that you have, like you could do this a number of different ways. And the free PDF that I have, it actually has 10 different ideas. So you can kind of visually see, oh, well, I could do this or I could do that. And you kind of get a behind the scenes look at it as well. But yeah, if you just literally go around your house and look for a plant, look for a book that means something to you, look, what do you have around your house that means something to you that speaks to your personality, steal those, (laughs) ask your partner first, and then just put that in there, arrange it in a pretty way that frames you as opposed to right behind you where people can't see it. Maybe a picture or things like that. Remove the glass from any pictures because that will have glare. Right, right, right. That's good. That's a really good point right there. What about mood lighting? I, I see some of my friends who are kind of more advanced. They have what looks like lights coming up from behind like yeah. shelves and stuff. And I think you do that too. Like where do we yeah. find stuff like that? So David has a whole bunch of, um, and our students have a whole bunch of like fancier lights, but mine are literally one is an Ikea floor lamp. You know, the crinkly Ikea lamps, you know, that, that paper kind of effect, it looks crinkly. Okay. Um, maybe you don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to but visualize crinkly lights, but it's not working. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's a floor lamp that has like a paper around it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And so I put a blue light bulb in that to create, right? So I'm taking actual just regular lamps and putting a different color bulb in there to make it super cheap and simple. So I don't have to spend a lot of money on the LED lights. And then I also have like a little floor lamp. It's like a three foot tall lamp um, that was broken at the moment, actually. And I just kind of have it propped up and I put a blue a light bulb in there as well. And it all shines up on the wall. It separates you. Having lights in the background really helps separate you from the background to give it more perception of depth and visual interest. You know, there's my daughter turned me on to this. There's these little cheap, really cheap LED lights that come like on a strip and they have sticky on the back. And yep. then, and then you have a remote control and you can like choose all these different colors. And she had, she had me kind of wrap it around her room and then she just changed the colors depending on what she wants. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine you could do that kind of stuff under furniture, around furniture. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Our students use those, those all the time and they're just kind of give that glow. That's really cool. Luria, we could talk on and on about this, but I feel like we've done a really good job helping people understand that this is doable And I know there's so much more that you have to offer them. So why don't you tell everyone, well, first, if they want to do the the big studio stuff, tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what, and who you've done it for. Cause there's going to be some people that are like, I want to look freaking amazing. So (laughs) talk to us a little bit about that and then tell everybody where they can discover more about you. Sure. So first of all, thank you. Uh, I love, love, love helping people kind of move beyond that straight content creation and into uniquely you content that makes you shine so that you can help more people and impact more people. And so I appreciate the chance to talk about this and and share my passions with that. Um, But in terms of the workshop, uh, so we have a step-by-step workshop that walks you through 
every, actually it walks you through the three-step process that we currently go through with our uh, clients. So we build custom studio builds. We do custom studio video studios. That's the word I was trying to say. Custom video and, studios. And name drop a couple of your clients <laughs> just so they know who you who you've worked with. Uh, Michael Hyatt, Amy Porterfield, uh, Pat Flynn, not using that anymore because he got break in, but Donald Miller, Ryan Levesque, so many amazing people. So we've built those studios for them. And we took that same process that we go through because it's an actual process. We plan it out before, which is the step that many people miss. They just go for the gear and then they screw it up because they chose the wrong thing because that's not going to work for what they want to do, or they spend too much money, right? So there's like this process that you really need to go through in order to not waste time or money. And so that is what the workshop does. It's incredibly affordable, but we want to make sure it's as easy and inexpensive for people to get that professional look. And then again, make sure that you're always integrating your personality into the contents and not trying to be professional. You just look professional. (laughs) Where do they find that? All the links, uh, and I'll put the link to that at livestreamingpros.com slash SME. And I just want to put on a little plug for Luria. She has been kind of the lead individual for our company on live video for years. And she is really like the leading expert in the world. And what I love about the work that her and her partner David has done is it's really top end kind of stuff. And if you want to look amazing and professional, whether or not you have the huge budgets or not, you definitely need to follow Luria. So you said it was livestreamingpros.com slash SME. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, and if people want to track that. you on YouTube, because you said you're going live there all yeah. the time, where do you want to send them? YouTube.com slash livestreamingpros. Luria, on behalf of all of my listeners, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me and I'm happy to help however I can. Hey, if you missed anything, we take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 409 for episode 409. If you're new to the show, would you hit the subscribe button? If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about this show. That helps us get more people listening to the show and we can make it a bigger impact on the world. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.